To God be the glory. To God be the glory for the great things that he has done, the great things that he's doing, and even all the great things that he truly will do. Our God's an awesome God. I said our God is an awesome God. Amen. I know he was last year, so I know he will be this year as well. Amen. amen. And again, if you say amen, I promise you, we won't be long. But it is good to greet you in this new year. It was good to greet you in the last Sunday of the old year. But God, he's good any year. Amen? Amen. So today we come together just to lift up our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank God for your pastor in his absence, Pastor Tracy. Thank God for my bishop, Bishop Shared. But most of all, I thank God for you, my brothers and sisters, for keeping your appointment with the Lord one more time. Thank God for the support of my wife, as always. Looking at verse number nine, it says, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Let us bow for a word of prayer. Father God, you are indeed worthy to be praised. You're awesome in all your ways. You're righteous. You're holy. So Father God, we're leaning and dependent on you. We know we did not call ourselves. But Father, you called us to this ministry, so we're thanking you for the perfect preacher, the Holy Ghost himself. Father, preach in this place even set captives free. Father, preach in this place so that there's healing, there's encouragement, but most of all, there's salvation. Now let the words of my mouth, meditations of my heart, be found acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength, my redeemer, my all in all. In Jesus' name, people of God said, Amen. Amen. Would for allow me for a few minutes, I just want to make a statement. And that statement simply is due season. Due season. I thank God for his unfolding living word. God spoke volumes to my soul. This past week, is, I, I, I battled, and it, it, it hasn't been so bad this year, but the winter blues, or they like to call it SAD, that seasonal affective disorder. I, I'm, a, I'm a summer person. I was born in July. And, amen. 
But I take honor, I, I take credit for July because I was born on July 1st. <laughs> Amen. But God told me that the world deals with time in seconds and minutes and hours and days and weeks and months and years and even in seasons. And we've been accustomed to, to dealing with four seasons every year. If you live in New England, we deal with the winter, we, we deal with spring and summer and fall. But God's saying, we've gotten used to dealing with these four seasons. And although each season brings its own unique challenges and opportunities, some are like more than the others, but all of our lives we've had to deal with these seasons. All of our lives we, we, we cycle from one season to another. We endure the harsh cold and, and snow of the winters. We, we enjoy the new beginnings of the spring. We are warmed by the heat of the sun in the summer. And we deal with the colorful but transitional period of harvest that we call fall or autumn. Seasons aren't only regulated to nature, but seasons are also correlated to our lives. From our birth till our death, each day we live can be correlated to a season of life that we're in. God even had Solomon write in his, his book, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. He said, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Solomon said, uh, uh, there's a time to be born and there's a time to die, a, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted. He said, a time to kill and a time to heal, a, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, time to gather stones together. He said there's a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. He says in Ecclesiastes 1.9, the thing that hath been, it is that which shall be. And that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. My brothers and sisters, we must be careful that the lives that we live don't become empty because of the monotonous, mundane cycle that we fall into and call our everyday lives. If we aren't careful, we'll end up being like those hamsters on that wheel, 
running and running and running, but never getting anywhere. I said, if we aren't careful, we'll be just like the, those salmon who, who swim vigorously upstream just to die after all that struggle. This is a trap that the devil uses to cause frustration and unfulfillment to attack us in our spirit. Discouragement and disappointment are, are some of the biggest stumbling blocks to our faith and Christian development and our growth. Unfulfilled dreams, blurred visions, broken promises, dysfunctional relationships, unstable finances, health problems, global pandemics that won't end, and our golden years that have more gray than gold. I'm just talking about myself. <laughs> if the devil can make you feel like you're stuck, then you can't grow. And if you can't grow, then you don't bring increase. You don't bear fruit in your life. This world of ours is filled with too many, and I have to say it emphatically, and I'm starting the year off saying it. This world of ours is filled with too many unproductive, unfruitful Christians. Unproductivity comes from living a life of adaptation instead of transformation. See, you can't produce when you're always adapting to your surroundings. Productivity comes when you learn how to transform in spite of your surroundings. See, chameleons survive by just blending in and looking like something else. Caterpillars survive by transforming and becoming something else. See, a caterpillar won't survive long in the state that he's in. He has to use everything that he has to become something new. A caterpillar becomes a butterfly because survival tells him to transform, not adapt. Too many Christians today are living unfulfilled, frustrated lives because we'd rather adapt then transform. You'd rather be of this world instead of just being in this world. You'd rather make this world your home instead of just your temporary place of residence. God had to tell me this week that he didn't create me to be in this rat race and, and deal with the struggles of mortal man. God had to tell me this week, you, you, you've been born again. So why do you keep focusing on mortal problems when I created you to be immortal and spiritual? God had to remind me that he's given me the power to transform, not just adapt. That's when God spoke this word into my spirit. He told me, why are you focusing on issues of morality or mortality. Stop letting things that affect your flesh 
hinder your spirit. You might be physically in the season of winter, but spiritually, you're in the fifth season. The season called due season. Due season is a special season. And it's reserved for all those who've been bought with a price and covered under the blood of the Lamb. God told me when you become a Christian, when you put your trust in Jesus, seasons cease to exist as you knew them before. For the Christian, there's only one season, and that season is due season. The only way you can fully appreciate due season is if you don't get weary in your well-doing. Due season is not for the adapter, but due season is for the transformer. This week, God, he, he took me back in my mind to years when, when I was stuck in a struggle. And I, and I hope y'all don't mind if I, I just tell my truth. Years ago, over 10 years ago, I, I was agonizing over the difficulties of starting a new business. I've been searching for a place to operate and do it on a larger level. And that meant dealing with property owners and going over lease agreements and negotiations. And I looked at the knockout criteria and, and the feasibility studies, and I, I ran all the scenarios over in my mind at least 100 times. Because I knew if I planned poorly, then I would end up closing my doors early. First, God, then God told me, he said, whatever he ordains, whatever God ordains for your life, it will prosper. He told me that I was adapting to the world and I wasn't standing on his promises. He even gave me scriptures. He said, the steps of a good man are ordered by God. And he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. He said, I've been young, and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Y'all gonna help me here? My struggles had me adapting instead of transforming. My struggles had me complaining and becoming weary instead of letting my weakness make me strong through Christ Jesus. As the Lord spoke to my soul, transformation became, came, started coming over my life. I realized that everything that God starts, he's able to bring it to completion. I'm going to make it personal. Everything that God told you and promised and started in your life, God is able to bring it to completion. And since God said he started it in me, then he told me he was going to bring it to pass. The point that God, that's the point that God had to remind me of. He was allow, although he was allowing me to go into business, he said it's not for my glory but it's for his glory. He said, business is just another way to tell folk of his goodness and his unlimited mercies. God told me that no matter what I do, he must always be first and foremost 
in my life. God told me that good food might draw them, but it's the good news that's going to keep them. And the best news that I have, it didn't come from a cookbook, but it came from God's book, where it says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And he gets it even better than that because he said, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It's with that revelation, today's text became real to me. With that revelation, God brought my cycle of seasons to an end. With that revelation, God ended my weariness in well-doing because he let me know that I was an immortal man who's living in due season. And although my situation is not identical to what the Christians in the church of Galatia were experienced, they were similar. The Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the church in 49 AD. This was one of Paul's earliest letters, one of his longest letters, too, that he wrote to the church. This letter came with urgency in everything that we do from this year on has to be done with urgency. The church was experiencing problems with Judaizers who were perverting the true gospel with another gospel. Galatians 1, 6 and 7 says, he said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Anytime anything would pervert the gospel of Christ, it must be dealt with immediately. Paul wasn't going to let anything distort the foundation that he had laying in Galatia with these early Christians. Judaizers wanted to add to the gospel. With them, it was Jesus plus something else. For them, the gospel, it was just too simple. The grace of God wasn't enough by itself. Confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart that Jesus is the son of God that was raised from the dead, to them, that was just too simple. See, they were in that crowd that, that said, Something has to happen. You need, in my church experience, you need to jump over some pews. You might need to even speak in some tongues. You might need to cut a dance in the aisle or fall out at the altar, get some new hands and some new feet too. They believed you could accept Christ, but you also needed to be circumcised as part of the process. This was the nucleus for the letter that was written. They also had other problems that were happening in this church. Imagine that. Church had problems. And Paul, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, was putting pen to paper to deal directly with these issues. 
The matter was so urgent that Paul couldn't wait until he could go back to address it. It had to be addressed right now by letter and the word of God. God wants to make it crystal clear. When it comes to salvation, salvation comes from God's grace and God's mercy, nothing else and nothing more. Salvation can be attained through the belief in Jesus Christ and his atoning work on Calvary's cross. That's why it's so important to never lose sight of your salvation. Each and every day that God gives you in this world, you must always be able to see that empty cross on Calvary's hill that reminds you that your salvation has been secured. If we as Christians keep that first and foremost in our life every day, we won't get stuck cycling in the seasons of this world. The scripture will be lived and not just spoken. Because if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have now become new. I said when your salvation is first and foremost, your daily struggles won't cause you to become weary and well-doing because you know that you are in God's due season. Mortal issues won't cause you to adapt, but your immortal nature will always cause you to transform and not only transform, but overcome any situation and circumstance that might be facing you. Jesus never told us that living in this world was going to be easy. It wasn't for him. And it surely won't be for those who love him. That's why he told us that he was going to give us another comforter. He said, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives it, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus' prayer for us was not to be taken out of this world, but to be kept or protected while we're still in this world. He said, I pray not that thou shouldest taken them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They're not of the world, even as I am not of the world. If we, as the body of Christ, and I'm talking universal, are going to do greater things of the kingdom, then we must not become weary in our well-doing. Your work for the Lord can't be a problem. Your work for the Lord always has to bring you joy, even on those tough days. You see, Christ has given us everything that we need to succeed. You don't need to make a new resolution 
when you have Jesus Christ. He even told us that he would not give us anything that's too heavy for us to bear. So we must come to the understanding that we are always going to have to deal with some form of struggle or another as long as we're still in this world. Peter even said, for it is better if the will of God be so that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. Doing well, it's going to cost you some hardships. And I don't know about you, but... It's a cost that I'm willing to pay. I said, it's, it cost me some friends, but I was willing to pay the cost. It cost me some relationships, but I was willing to pay the cost. It cost me some popularity, but I'm willing to pay the cost. It, 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 it cost me a whole lot of tears and, and headaches and pain, but I was willing to pay the cost. And it, it might even cost you some lonely days and some lonely nights, but you'll never have to be by yourself because God is with you. He'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. But one of these old days, I said, but one of these old days, we're going to reap what we sown. But if I sown to my flesh, then I can expect to reap corruption. If my focus was on this world, then this world's issues is what I should expect to receive. But conjunction it ties two thoughts together. But if I sow to the spirit, then I can reap everlasting life. I said, if our focus is heaven, then heaven is what you better expect to receive. Paul told the church then, and I tell the church today, you will reap in due season if you faint not. Giving up and giving in, those aren't your options if you call yourself a Christian. Just like we must guard our faith against those that would pervert the gospel, we must guard against becoming weary in well-doing. You can't draw anyone to the Lord as long as you let the struggles of this life wear you down with burdens. How can I witness unto the goodness of the Lord when I'm stuck in the problems in my life? Why would anyone else come to Jesus when all they see are Christians complaining and whining about their woes? I said, my brothers and sisters, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. We must, in this new year, let this world know that there is some joy in serving Jesus. That's why Paul told the Galatians to watch how you treat one another. He tells them, if one is overtaken in fault, let the spiritual restore them in meekness, considering yourselves, lest you stumble into temptation. We must be about bearing each other's burdens and not thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to. Christ was always about drawing folk to himself, 
not driving them into the world. That's why it's so hard for young folk to make a commitment to Christ because they know that so-called Christians are just watching and waiting for them to fall. I said, as Christians, we're in the business of restoration, not demolition. Just Jesus came, he came to seek and to save, not search and destroy. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. I said, as we start this new year, there's no better time in history than we have right now. On God's dispensational calendar, grace could end any day now. The rapture of the church is imminent. Tribulation is soon to come. We as Christians have an opportunity to make a real change before destruction comes. But we must not be weary in well-doing. We're not controlled by the world's systems. We're not controlled by the cycles. But we're controlled by the sovereign God who has all things in control. Seasonal affective disorder can't touch us because the only season that matters for Christians is due season. I said it's time for the church to once again sound the alarm that God is not mocked. Whatsoever you soweth, that shall you also reap. I said that's why my salvation will always outweigh whatever struggle that I'm going through. I want this dying world to know that there is some joy in serving Jesus. See, God has been too good to us for us to get weary in well-doing. I can't let the stress of this journey blur my focus of where I'm headed. See, I'm headed to a place where I'll be done with the troubles of this world if I faint not and don't grow weary in well-doing. I said, I'm headed to a place where all my struggles will be forgotten if I faint not and don't grow weary in well-doing. I said, I'm headed to a place where the only business that will ever matter is singing and praising God around his throne with the four and 20 elders throughout eternity. If I faint and don't grow weary in well-doing, I said, I'm headed to a place where seasons must end and time must meet eternity. If I faint and don't grow weary in well-doing, I said, I'm headed to a place where the, the wicked will cease from troubling and the Sabbath will have no end. If I faint not and don't grow weary in well-doing, I said, I'm headed to a place where I'm going to have a new body where I can run and not get weary and, and walk and not faint. If I faint not and don't get weary in well-doing. But most of all, and this is what gives us all joy. We're headed to a place where we can hear the master say, well done, well done, thou good and faithful servant. 
I, I will hear the master say, well done, because I didn't get weary in well-doing. Saints of God, if you want to hear the master say, well done, don't get weary in your well-doing. I said, saints of God, don't get weary. Run this race. Keep the faith. And you will hear the master say, well done. Well done. You endured your hardships. Well done. You were transformed instead of adapting. Well done. You witnessed for me in good times and in bad times. Well done. Because you are an overcomer by the blood of the lamb. Due season. New year. Due season. If you haven't met Jesus in the pardon of your sin, then you're still struggling with seasons. But if you make them your choice, due season can bring you eternal life and not eternal damnation. But the good news is, it's not too late for you to change your seasons and enter into God's grace and receive God's mercies. I'll leave you with these words. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Don't let due season pass you by.